Welcome to Unapologetically Me with your host, Felicia Schenken. This program is designed to bring you great resources in conjunction with the website phillywnc.org to help you break free from the standard flow of work life and become the person you aspire to be. Now, here is your host, Felicia Schenken. Hello, and welcome back to Unapologetically Me. I am your host, Felicia Shankin. Hello, August, and hello around the world. Thank you for joining us. A special shout out to China today for following our podcast religiously. We appreciate your support. The beautiful month of August. I can't believe that summer will be coming to a close soon. Soon, I'm, I'm sad about that. Time is flying and there is no time to waste. So hopefully you are on target to finish this year out strong in your business. So today we have a great guest that I am going to be bringing on shortly. I mix my audience up from time to time between men and women. Even though PWNC focused mainly on business women, and for those of you who don't know who PWNC is, that's the Philadelphia Women's Network Connection, we have events that we invite men and women to, of course. So our guest today is the CEO and founder of Steve, the Legacy LLC. He's an inventor, author, and limiting belief specialist. Wow, I'm going to find out what that is. He's a certified speaker under Jim Ron and a motivational speaker. He's a TEDx speaker, brand ambassador at Act and Grow Belief and Coach. One of Steve's mantras is, I help entrepreneurs crush their limiting beliefs. Please help me welcome my guest, Steve Todd Stokes, a.k.a. Steve the Legacy. Steve, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for the opportunity. It's good to be here today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I mentioned that you are a limiting belief specialist. Okay. I'm just going to ask, what exactly is that? And in that role, what do you do? Well, a limiting belief specialist is, a, is actually, to tell you the truth, is a, a coach that helps you untap what is the blockage that's in your mind for you not to be able to pursue your passion or your purpose. Except that I believe a lot of times most people, they have the answers deep inside, but they need something to activate it. And I call myself that activating coach that tries to harness what could be the problem to allow that person to be able to live their life to their full potential. Wow. Okay. I like that. I, I like that. So what were you doing before you decided to pursue full-time entrepreneurship? That's the first part of the question. And the second part of that is how long have you been an entrepreneur? Well, um, what made me see the thing about it, I got tired of allowing corporate America to dictate my roles and my positions. And I think what woke me back up was when I got fired in 2011 as a store manager at Rite Aid. And that kind of put me in a perspective of not wanting to be under that infrared light of just you're good enough until a certain point and then tossed away forever. So I wanted to really tap in. Now, the thing about it, see, what happens is, and this is where you discover along in life, when you're doing things outside your passion, your purpose, some things is going to happen in your life to redirect you back to what you're supposed to be doing in the first place. So I really wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. What it was was a pit stop because of 2008, they had a recession. So at that point in time, I was thinking uh, to get into an actual um, safe, they called it a safe job when a recession hit in 08. Whereas 
I got stuck. And that's a lot of times most people, we get stuck. It's supposed to be temporary. And then we get used to the same, the same system. And then after a while, you're just in that loophole. And that's where it happens with me until they woke me back up by firing me. See, some people take firing as a heartbreak, a death, to the point where it's devastating. No, that was a, a release of saying, now get back to what you were supposed to be doing in the first place. So um, I've been doing that ever since 2011. Um, but it was different stages because once you get released from being fired, yeah, you're still trying to live out your purpose and your passion, but you have to really have that funeral for that person, that, that part of life so that you can be rebirthed and reborn into a, into a level where you're able to understand that purpose and that passion. You will not be able to do that with the same mindset of what I was doing for us, working for somebody and the thought process being the way it was. You have to redefine yourself so that you can respect your passion. You know, it's funny that you say that because I tend to find that what you're saying is true, especially with a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, I remember when I fired, actually, it was this month. I haven't even celebrated. Five years this month, uh, the Department of Veteran Affairs. You know, I had a great government paying job. I worked two days a week. I got paid as a full salary. But I think as an entrepreneur or that entrepreneur spirit, there's always something more in us. Like we know, you know, I stayed on that job two years longer than I wanted to out of fear uh, before I just had enough and walked out on faith. But um, listening to your story, do you think if you hadn't got fired that you would have pursued that road of entrepreneurship? I was still, I was still, I would still be there working it. It's almost like I used the analogy at times where they said when you're cooking crabs, right? Uh, when you put them in the steaming hot water uh, off, off the jump, right? They jump right out, right? But if you put them in water that is, you know, lukewarm and you slowly heat it up, by the time they realize it's so hot, they're already being cooked. So a lot of times when you're in that position where it's comfortable, it's feeling good, by the time you realize that you're not supposed to be there, years will pass by. I ran into a, a previous manager that I thought and I admired and I looked up to him and I went to Family Dollar about a month ago and I see him doing the same thing I was doing and he aged and that was re really woke me up. I see how fast he aged in that seven year period when I first right. met him right? and he's still doing the same thing I was doing but now he's working for another company because they downsized him because he was older at the time. So now you're working for Family Dollar as a manager doing the same type of labor. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, that would have been you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That would have been you. And I don't fault him. I don't fault anybody that do. But the thing is, I knew I had more in store that I had to get out there. But I, but the thing is, the two things that really affects us is distractions and, last, and lack of focus. Right. You know, and I tell people, I say, listen, I have nothing against anyone having a job. I had a job up to five years ago. I worked all my life, you know, and I'm in that baby boomer stage where, you know, sometimes I had two jobs and it was like I, I also said, you know, there has to be something more out there than me working every weekend for nine and a half years. Uh, coming in here, dealing with uh, the nonsense, because, you know, there is the nonsense um, and dealing with sometimes people you want to work with, some people you don't want to work with. Um, but I knew and I always had a side gig also. So I just knew that it wasn't my world and something that I wanted to do. But, you know, there were jobs out there that paid me nothing and I loved them. 
And then there was jobs that paid me, you know, more than I could imagine. And I just wasn't happy. So I, I think a true entrepreneur spirit for those that are listening, you can definitely relate to what Steve is saying and what I'm saying. So thank you for sharing that with me. But so the, I the, go ahead. I'm sorry, Steve. No, I was about to say, but the challenge is um, you're used to that, that dependable check, though. Yes. When you become an entrepreneur, you're going to have some dry, dry spells. And if you don't understand the season when it comes to business and just the season of life and period, you can be like, you know, a job is tasting kind of good right now because I'm used to stability. Um, I think in life, you're either, you either uh, do things because of desperation or inspiration. And I think when I was in that position, it was desperation. So you had to figure some things out. But once again, um, I may not have a job, but I do work a lot of hours, but it doesn't, it's not the same type of work. Right. right. So I can't really put it in the same category because it's not like my hours has decreased. No, it yeah. increased times 10, but why it feels different? Because now I'm working within my passion. Right. Well, you know what they say, an entrepreneur is the hardest working person out there. We don't do 40 hours. We do 80 hours, sometimes 100 hours. You know, sometimes when people are out there on the weekend and enjoying themselves, we're in the house, you know, trying to figure out what's our next step. Because one good thing that you did bring up, if you don't work, of course, you can't have income coming in. You don't have income coming in. You can't pay your bills. You can't eat. You can't do anything. So, you know, we have to be on our grind if we are serious about what it is that we do. You know, a lot of times I ask people, do you have a hobby or do you actually have a business? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because you can relate to that. I mean, how many, you know, we're both on Facebook. Um, you know, you see sometimes people might post about their business and then it might be another month or two weeks and you don't hear anything. It's in the consistency. And that's one thing that I like about you that I notice about your posts is that you're consistent in what it is that you do. I, I think that's persistence and consistency. They are like cousins. Right. And the thing what I learned from being consistent is that once you complete, see, one thing I learned from T.D. Jakes, he said that you would never respect yourself if you never had the taste of finishing. A lot of times when I was in high school, I halfway did a lot of stuff. And my, one of my teachers used to call me Half Pint. I hated that nickname. Mm. But the reason why she called me Half Pint, because I almost, it's like you just got, you're not just, you're not there yet. You, you did have to work, but you want full credit and you get mad when you don't get it. Mm. Well, I did not know my best friends, dopamine and serotonin always meets me at the ending of what I accomplished something. And I always want that high. And in order to get that high, I got to finish something. And that's what makes me want to do something even more. But it was always that first thing that I did. And that was my first children's book called I Am Not Grateful. Grateful I Am Not talking about gratitude, because at that point in time, in 2018, I was very ungrateful of my current state. Mm. But when you start to be grateful for just the little things, the, ones, the things that you can't pay for. Then you realize everything else is going to come to fruition. But you got to be grateful for what you have. I was an ungrateful person. Once I did that, once I became that, once I dedicated to gratitude, then you start to see things start to pan out. It's like shooting fish in the barrel. Right. Absolutely. You know, because you take the focus off of, I want to make money. I want to make money. I want to, I need money. I need money. And then you, you get into that headspace of hopefully the reason why you became an entrepreneur is to help people. You know, that that's your mission to help, to offer something that they don't have a need. You know, there's a need for something and you're there to fulfill that need. So you're hoping that um, that's what getting into entrepreneurship is all about. There's some that chase the money and then there's some that actually chase the mission. And, And I, like you, I believe that when you're in your mission 
and you're flowing in your path, opportunities come to you. I, I can't tell you how many opportunities when I left the Department of Veteran Affairs five years ago, how many doors open. And I said, so God, I guess you was waiting for me to make that move. I'm sure you can relate to that. Yes. Um, so the thing is, people be like, I'm waiting on God. No, I'm waiting on you. When people <laughs> right. be like, and they used to always say, well, I'm waiting for my ship to come through. You are the ship. Just get out of the ship, <laughs> away from the docks, and get into the open sea. Right. And sometimes it's going to be charted, and most times it's going to be uncharted. I'm almost the prince of unchartedness when it comes down to me doing anything. Mm-hmm. Because majority of the things that I have done, I didn't have that mentor to help me fine tune. So I did make mistakes along the way. But the great thing, and this is why I said you said mentioned earlier about opportunities, um, the, the, the antidote mm-hmm. for difficulties is opportunities. So embrace right. the difficulties that you come in life because opportunities come. That's what makes innovation what it is. That's because right. of what we see. And I always say this too. I don't see things for what it is. I always see things for what it can be. Most people mm-hmm. see a tree. Other people see tires. See, that's the difference. Because mm-hmm. 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 the rubber from the tree creates the tires. And that's why you go, you go a little deep on that. But anyway, that's what I'm saying. You got to <laughs> see things for right. what it can be. Right. It's funny because when I was an investor, the first time of homes uh, before the big crash came, I would walk into some of these homes and I would look at them. And I mean, people would have stuff all over the home. It it was amazing that they even lived in some of these homes. And I saw beyond that. I was like, I see what this house can become. I see what I can do in here. Or I can call an investor and say, hey, I have this property. Come take a look at this because the potential, the foundation, it has good bones. So look past the clutter, look past the muck and mire, look past the trees and see actually what's there. And I think um, being an entrepreneur and having a vision, especially yours, because you're so many, you're you're creative in so many ways. And we're going to be talking more about that. But, um, you know, the ideas, uh, sometimes people say, well, how did that happen? You're like, I had an idea, you know, the Philadelphia Women's Network Connection was a vision. I was in the you know, Panera bread and boom, it came to me, you know, you were in the store, you got fired and that was the best thing that happened to you. So um, um, I believe it was last year that you fulfilled one of your dreams and that was to become a TEDx speaker. Um, So uh, can you share with my audience some lessons you learned during the transition? And uh, do you feel you came out on the other side a better person and why? Um, you're probably going to start answering most of this and then we're going to be going to break shortly. And then when we come back, I'll have you finish that up. So if you can start that for me, that would be great. Well, actually it happened this year. And but, Oh, this but year, the, okay. The conception came from my girlfriend having a dream that I was going to be on a TEDx stage last year. I didn't see myself at that point yet. Mm. I tried to pitch to it before. I didn't get a response back. So I put that on the back burner. But one moment I was talking to somebody and he said, you got to start scripting what you want as though it already happened already. So what I did was I took a picture in the hallway, took the trans, I, t- I took the background from it, put a black background, took the logo, put the logo on there of TEDx. And I said, as a post on Facebook, I'm ready to be a TEDx speaker. About three days later, I got the opportunity to pitch. And then that's Went through the transit. So then May came this past May and mm-hmm. I was able to perform. So I believe you have to script what you want in life, not what you don't want. Right. Um, everything you see at your mouth is a command. So be careful what you say. Be careful what you think about, because everything you think about is going to transform into your life. So we all hear that all the time. 
but really apply that to your life and watch things change. That is so true. That is so true. So that's the first part of it. But what, um, how did you feel when you did your TED talk uh, this year and it was done? Uh, you know, do you feel after you did it, it made you a better person? You feel the same person? It was a great experience. How do you feel about that? I, um, <laughs> when I first did the actual, see, I've rehearsed so many times that when I actually, got the opportunity to do it, it's like I already did it in my sleep already. So that feeling, that dopamine, that serotonin, I already had that prior to that. What mm -hmm. y'all was able to see that day I did it was something I already had seen it in my head. So mm -hmm. I was always thinking about what's next? What's after this? Because all I'm doing is telling the story of what already happened in the past. They're just getting to see it for the first time in life. I'm ready for the next thing to really harness everything I'm doing at that point in time. So it's an enjoyable moment, but I was already there before y'all was able to experience it. So I was ready for the next the next level. Wow. Wow. So we're getting ready to head to break. And then when we come back, we'll finish talking to Steve, the legacy. Philadelphia Women's Network Connection is a premier women's networking group. We help professional businesswomen and solo women entrepreneurs who lack exposure in the marketplace learn how to find untapped resources to grow their business and find connections with professionals that get proven results. If you're ready to become a full-time entrepreneur, we're ready to support you with a variety of resources. Visit phillywnc.org to get started. That's phillywnc.org. You are listening to Unapologetically Me with host Felicia Schenken. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please send an email to unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. That's unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. And now back to Unapologetically Me. Hello, everyone. Welcome back uh, to Unapologetically Me. I am your host, Felicia Shankin. Today, we are having a great conversation with Steve, the legacy. So before we went to uh, commercial Steve to pay some bills, of course, we were talking about your TEDx talk and how excited you were about that and how your girlfriend actually saw it and implemented, I guess, in a kind of way that into you. And then you start to throw it out there in the universe. So my next question is, what was your topic? Uh, when you did do the talk um, that you were excited about and why did you choose that topic? I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, the topic was um, unpacking your inner genius. Um, the, the great thing behind it was that I was able to display my life. At first, I was going to be so generic as though that what I seen on YouTube platforms when it came to TEDx. And then at one point in time, they said that my introductory video really brought forth who I was. And they said they wanted that same version, what I brought on the rehearsal. So that one thing I learned about that experience, even with that, was that be your authentic self. Don't try to mimic, even though you see something similar, bring forth yourself. And that's what they fell in love with. So uh, the reason why I picked that topic is because that is almost like the birthplace of what really Steve the legacy represents of really unpacking the inner genius that I actually had. And as right. I said to you before, the break was that I was already telling people things that already took place and, and expired. I was already looking at what was the next thing while I was doing it. But the great <laughs> thing behind it, I was allowing people to, you know, 
now grasp and see and experience what I was going through and what I had to go through for, from grade school um, to being fired from corporate America, to right. being able to go back into your passion after 20 plus years and then start to invent, you know, become an inventor, um, a patent inventor after that. And then from all the difficulties of the pandemic and what that transferred at time, that was the best time that I could ever get in my own lifetime was the pandemic time. Some people squandered it. Other right. people took advantage of it. Mm -hmm. I knew that was a time for building. I had the dream about the growing process of knowing, Steve, you're not going to get the time again. Start creating things that you can really put in your repertoire of that legacy thing where the one secret I heard is that you create something one time and get paid on it forever. And that's why I do a lot of that stuff to this day. So um, that's, that's that was my topic. That's why I picked it. Mm -hmm. And I was able to actually bring the audience in of the experiences, what I went through, when it was only just me and these four walls when I had to go through that process. <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny because I think a lot of people, uh, you mentioned that about the pandemic. I think that was a time, first of all, that God set us all down and just like, be still, be still for a moment. And for those that were creative, like you, like myself, we took advantage of that. We took advantage of that because now we had we had to sit down and see, OK, let me see where this creativity is going to take me. Let me use the gift that God gave me and see what I can do and what I can come up with, because your mind, you're always constantly I see you're, you're, you're kicking out this, you're kicking out that you're inventing this, you're inventing that. And, you know, you're writing books, you're writing magazines. I mean, there's a lot that's going on with you. You're you're a complete package. But um, that was a great topic. And, you know, one day I'll get there to the TEDx speaker and congratulations on that, because I know that was a big goal for you that you wanted. And, you know, I'm glad that it came to fruition. For some reason, I don't know why I thought it was last year, but hey, this year, that's even better. And here's some good news for you. If you are interested, there is auditions coming up for, uh, I think, it's University of Penn. It's okay. October. So, so Okay. Well, keep yeah. me in the loop. Keep me okay. in the loop. I, I'll send you the information. <laughs> yes. I, I was trying to um I was trying to get my girlfriend involved, but she said she's not ready yet. But what I'm saying, whoever's ready, there's the opportunity. And that's how it was with me. And, and here's another thing. Uh, Jim Rohn said it best. You know, the perfect time to act is when the idea is hot and the emotion is strong. When your emotion is strong and that idea is hot, you have to move. If you don't, it's see your ideas and your mindset is like a brainwave, like radio waves. So somebody's tuning in. To your idea. So if you don't act right. upon it, if you don't gravitate, if you don't take advantage of it, don't be surprised. You sit on that couch one day, flicking through the remote, and somebody just, I mean, just took your idea that you had and you didn't act upon it. Why I know that will work? Why I know that will happen? It happened to me with the cell phone watches. Tell people that right. day. And you got to make sure you don't talk to the wrong, <laughs> talk to the right people, not the wrong people. They thought, <laughs> I know. When I first got the drop on the cell phone watches back in, 2006, before he even touched the soil here, they said it was the dumbest idea ever. And I listened mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, Samsung and Apple, everything's here. So I've seen they, they, people, the ones that they couldn't even talk to me anymore. I was like, I listen. So now I don't listen to anybody but God. That's and whatever right. he directs me to do, I do it no matter if people like it or not. Just That's like this right. magazine that I just released. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because I remember you told me that 
when you and I finally officially met, I remember you had told me you were listening to people and some oh. of the ideas that uh, you were doing, you know, and I was like, Steve, why did you do that? You don't listen to the oys, you know, you got a lot of people out there that are not rooting for you to win. They don't want you they to were. win. Yes, I thought they I weren't, and, and I wanted to be accepted. I yes. learned in this, in this entrepreneurial life is that you're not going to be accepted by everybody, but that That's doesn't right. stop you for trying to reach any and everybody. The thing is, you find out your target market. I'll go back to this magazine again. The reason mm -hmm. why I'm so excited about this magazine project is because June 12th, was, it was just a name. Okay. Felicia, don't you have that in your possession right now? Yes. Yes, I June do. June 12th, it was just a name. Mm -hmm. You type in on Google right now, I want to start a magazine, how to start it. The first thing it says, you need $100,000. Mm. That would that would discourage any and everybody. From That's the gate, right. look it up to Google on that. Yep. I didn't know anything, mm. but I wanted to learn everything. Yes. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, as an entrepreneur, you should always wanting to be uh, willing to learn and increase your craft and, and know everything. Like people think I'm crazy. I tell them, I said, I know every aspect of my business. You have to, because if you're uh -huh. hiring people and they walk away and you don't know, now you're uh -huh. messed up. Now you're sitting and you're idle because you're like, oh, my marketing person left. I don't know how to market. Listen, yeah. you better. Yeah. I do my own graphics. Ninety five percent of the graphics you see on Facebook. I do myself. That's okay? amazing. I like them, too. Professional. Thank you. Very yes. And I get that all the time. I get asked, who does your flyers? I say, I do. They're like, Felicia, you can pay somebody. Yes, I can pay somebody. But by the time I find someone and tell them what I want, I can do it in 10, 15 minutes. So why even... <laughs> Talk to me. Talk so, to me. you know, why even not taking it away from anybody out there doing anything? But I think it's important that, you know, every aspect and definitely not listen to the oys. So now we're going to go a little left here. My next question to you. So you're the founder of Steve, the legacy LLC. Love the name. What inspired you to call your company Steve, the legacy? And how did this come about? Well, to think about it, just the name itself. Remember, everything starts with the name. So the, the origin of that name, I'm a junior, right? So I'm the legacy of my father. My dad passed away early, you know, um, in my my young adult life when I was 17 on first freshman year in college. And um, I always wanted to be a motivator. I always wanted to be an inspirational speaker. But one thing I did not want to be was those type of people that speak from the platform and encourage people to do things, but then didn't do anything themselves. Right. So I said, I got to get my hands dirty so I can relate to that one sitting watching me as I talk. I can relate. I can say that we went through the wilderness together and I know what the promised land looks like once you get out the, um, out the wilderness up into the valley and up to the mountaintop. So I, I wanted to go through that process. Now, be careful what you ask for, because when you ask for that, you're going to go through that process. And in the midst of it, see the legacy just kept on having a ring to it. Some people thought it was conceited. Other people, when they found out the, the information behind the story, they said, oh, my God, that's the best thing in the world. You always get these different sides. But once again, as, as right. I told you before, when God gave you the vision of what you got to do, don't matter what people say. That's right. Because if you don't see this thing, if you don't know what your passion is, if you don't know what direction you're going, one of my uh, mentors used to say, they can take two fingers and put up your nose and tell, and tell you to go wherever you want. You don't want that to be that way. You want to be directing people. I'm leading people. That's why I said, right. I don't chase after no dreams. I'm leading the dream. Come on, you're going this way. Come on. Come on. That's with right. So <laughs> that's where it came from. So that's where it came from. And that's the story behind it. You know, hey, um, every... 
I always say every, you know, when you build something, every name of a business, there is a reason for it and there's a story behind it. So, um, you know, I like that story and it does, you know, at some point you have to realize, are you going to be always a follower or are you going to be a leader, you know, and not everyone can lead. You got a lot of people out here walking around, think they can, but there's a lot of components that go into leadership. And one of them is listening and communicating and understanding. I, you know, I tell people, I'm like, you can't be an effective communicator. I just gave a, a talk um, on this to um, a university in uh, India. Uh, and I told them, I said, you can't talk and listen at the same time. Because when that person is talking, you're in your mind thinking, okay, well, what am I going to say when they're finished? You're not listening to what they're saying. You're not Correct. effectively listening because you're too busy saying, well, my answer is going to be no. Sometimes you got to slow down and you have to listen and that's how you learn. And it's okay to pick up the nuggets and it's okay. You know, a 10 year old could teach me something that an 80 year old couldn't, you know what I'm saying? You can get these 10 years old and they can show you some technology and you'd be sitting there like, wow, I didn't even know this exists. So, yeah. you know, it's important. It, it is definitely important, but um, you're the author of how many books now? It's funny. I had to look down for a second. <laughs> it's about six. I'm gonna tell you. See, this is what happens, and this is most people don't do this type of. And I don't want to just create any bad habits. I'm just tell you what I do. Right. A lot of times, right. I like to come up with an idea and I throw it out there so I can catch it. People don't know mm -hmm. they don't talk like that, right? I throw it out right. there so I can catch it. It's already out there. So a right. lot of stuff. I wrote about six books, right? And I got about mm -hmm. another two that's. In the, in, the, in the queue. But the thing mm -hmm. is, is that when you said that still moment, I had that moment. I haven't had a moment like that in a minute. It was a moment where I got shaken out of my, my sleep and I wrote five mm -hmm. books in one night, five children's books in, in, in one night. I, my wow. pen was just going, and they all rhyme. You know, with children's books, you got to make them rhyme, right? So they all rhyme right. and like that. And it was uh, complete silence after that moment. Uh, and then mm -hmm. Feet in the Mind came just this year too as well, because I'm telling people the story of the backstory of how my thought process was and how I had to work on it and how teaching them how to work on it. Act and Grow Belief was a, a book because a lot of times I kept on overthinking. Sometimes you got to act. Mm -hmm. And then as you act, your, your, your body starts to react from your action and belief starts to grow once the action is performed. But most of us, we don't get past the thinking process because we all think I can't do it. So that everything had intertwined. Now the latest, um, <laughs> the little inventor that could, I did came in a dream and I said, I, you know about the, the train story, but what about that little inventor that wanted to do something that was different, but mm -hmm. his difference was good. See, a lot of times we thinking we want to be the same like everybody else. We all was created different for a reason, but right. for some reason we all want to be accepted by everybody. It That's doesn't right. work that way. And it's what better way of teaching kids that young at a young age that it's okay to be different. It's a right. I'm talking about inventions. Other people talking about sports. Just recently, they like, what do you think the Eagles will do? I don't watch football no more. I used mm. to. I don't mm -hmm. have time. They get paid millions of dollars for us to watch them. I'm trying to make my millions too. I can't do that and watch them make millions. I mean, we got to do something. Now, give me the highlights. <laughs> give me the scores. I see you at playoffs. If you make the playoffs, other than that, I, that's not my pastime anymore. 
Right. You sound like yeah. me because, uh, pe- you know, I talk to people and they're like, uh, have you seen this on TV? Have you seen this series on TV? Do you know about this show? And I say, I don't have time to watch TV. Even when if I do have time to watch TV, I'm sleep because I'm tired from, you know, what I've been going through or what, you know, everything else with the business. At the end of the day, when you're doing things and you, you don't work 10 hours in the day, the last thing you're thinking about is watching somebody on TV or anything like that. You just want that quietness. You want to sit down. You want to veg. You don't want anybody saying anything to you. You got to get your mind and your thoughts together. That's why it's so important to have that quiet time and that me time, you know, and and like you were saying, it's amazing how that thought came to you and you were able to just write it down. And so many at one time, well, obedience, obedience is always a good thing. So, but yeah. it, started, it, started from, it started from gratitude, though. I yeah. told you before, I would not have the, the surplus if I wasn't grateful for what I currently have. I was ungrateful of my cir- circumstances. So Jimmy said, I call him Jimmy for short, but Jim Rohn said, mm-hmm. in order to be great, you have to serve. Service to the many leads you to greatness. Right. So look what I just got finished on recently. And the reason why I keep talking about because I'm like, man, I'm so um, excited of the impact that this magazine had in a short period of time to mm-hmm. some of the, the actual people I, you know, I put ads in for, like I, my, my play aunt, she um, sells all in, in different states mm-hmm. that she mm-hmm. hadn't reached before. So it's, it's amazing how when you think outside yourself and think about others, how God will bless you with um, a, a bigger platform because they, and it all started from people not wanting to, Published my story. That's the reason why I created it in the first place. Right. I didn't know about on magazine, but I said, I look, know. become the narrative, know. you know? <laughs> you have to. And you know what? And we're going to be talking about Steve's magazine uh, when we come back shortly from break. Um, but, you know, like I said, uh, this gentleman, he has so many gifts and so many things that he's doing from, you know, running a company to being an inventor, to writing books, to being a TEDx speaker. So there's a lot of things, a lot of hats that Steve wear. But you know what? We're glad that you're here because we need more creators and creative people like you in this world who are showing people that necessarily that doesn't look like you or look like me that it can be done. You know, I don't care where in this world that you go, people cannot take education from you. They can't do it in hard work, definitely. So Uh on that note, uh, we're getting ready to go and pay some bills. So we'll be back with Steve Legacy in a moment. Philadelphia Women's Network Connection is a premier women's networking group. We help professional businesswomen and solo women entrepreneurs who lack exposure in the marketplace learn how to find untapped resources to grow their business and find connections with professionals that get proven results. If you're ready to become a full-time entrepreneur, we're ready to support you with a variety of resources. Visit phillywnc.org to get started. That's phillywnc.org. You are listening to Unapologetically Me with host Felicia Schenken. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please send an email to unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. That's unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. And now back to Unapologetically Me. 
Hey, everyone. Welcome back again. This is your host, Felicia Shankin, and this is Unapologetically Me. Today, we are having a conversation with Steve the Legacy. So before we went to our break there, we were talking about some of Steve's books, and I asked him um, about his books, what inspired him to begin uh, writing these, but he really didn't get a chance to tell us about the books that he wrote on and why. So Steve, you want to share that with us? Yes. So the first one was, um, and I always love that one. Uh, it's called "I Am Not Grateful." Grateful I am not, and it teaches kids how to have um, a great passion for gratitude. And then followed by that, when I talked to you, told you before how all these books came to me in a dream tonight. The, the second one was "I Am Not Confident." Confident I'm not. Too many kids throughout the nation, throughout the world, they they lack confidence, self confidence, because we don't teach that in school. That's not a subject right. that's really. It's like either you got it or you don't. So. That teaches the kids how to build confidence. And then the third one was, um, I am not dependable. And dependable I am not. Teaching kids on how to be dependable. How to, how to be that type of person that somebody can count on you. That I know you're going to come through. Teach at a young age, they'd be amazing when they become a dumb. And then the fourth one is about sharing is caring. But as I said to you before, Felicia, that um, the little inventor that could override that because uh, the impactful thing of this year Everything is really harnessing TEDx talk and magazine. I created this board game called Support Black Inventors, the game. And okay. one of my biggest highlights behind this game was I found living, currently live, inventors that invented some awesome products. And I reached out to them personally to incorporate them within the game. And wow. they was excited and ecstatic. And I'm excited for that, too, as well, because the thing is, it's not about me. It's what I can do for others in that process. And that's, that's what right. I wanted to be. Sometimes you want to be that person that you wish that that person would probably do for you. I was looking for this version of me. When you can't find that version that you're looking for, you got to become it. Sorry. You have to become it. No. Hey, no, it's nothing to be sorry about. It is so true. You know, it's about supply and demand, supply and demand. I mean, look at it this way. Who would have known that the gentleman or the woman, I'm, I'm sure it's a gentleman, that invented a styrofoam piece of thing that goes into pools and to the ocean that would become millions who, who, you know, there was a need for that. People wanted something to float on. He invented the styrofoam thing. And look, now you got them in all colors, shapes, sizes, you see them everywhere, you know? So it's, you have to find out what's missing that people might want the same things that you want and then create them. So now let's go to your baby here. I want to congratulate you on your new magazine, Black Innovation that I am proud, very proud to be a part of. So I am on the back page, people. So make sure you do not miss me. You can't. <laughs> <The> first, <laughs> you can't. You can't. Exactly. So the first question is, this is a two-part question. The first question is, where did the name come from? And the second question is, why did you feel this type of magazine was needed? I'm glad you asked that question. Because even to this day, I said, well, what dream did I have for it to come? So I had this dream. And once again, don't think any idea that comes out your mouth is so crazy that it's not worth pursuing. I thought it was at one point. I said in a message, a Facebook messenger to my girlfriend, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of pitching my, my, my PR um, story to all these places. I'm not getting any type of buzz. What's going on here? They're not giving me a response. I said, you know what? I should even come out with a magazine and I'll call it Black Innovation. That's exactly what I said. Wow. Not more than 10 minutes later, she put 
and my cash app twenty five dollars towards the first magazine that she want a copy of. Mm. That what, the way I she communicate with me when it comes out there is when she put that city money in, that means I got to come out with it now. So the first That's thing right. when I seen it, I'm like, oh shoot, now I got to come out with this thing. I don't know what's the first thing to even do with this. Wait, <laughs> let, let me look around my house. And I looked at my coffee table. I have Forbes. I have Inc. I have Fast Company. I have all these different brands. I don't see anybody that looks like me. I don't okay. see nobody that's in my sector. I don't see nobody in my industry to talk about innovation. And what I love about the word innovation versus being just strictly black inventors is that innovation has many categories right. that you can innovate. Right. So that means there's endless opportunities in all different areas that you can highlight when it comes to the black and brown inventors that I believe we've been overlooked in, in many ways. And mm-hmm. the thing about it, I was debating back and forth, should I do something like this? But I'm like, they're looking for an outlet too. Right. We're all looking for, I'm looking for an outlet. And there's no, there's no um, takeaway from, but look, I have, I got, I got success. I got Forbes. I got, we're, I mean, we have Black Enterprise. We have Ebony and Jet. Those right. are the that I know about. But mm-hmm. I said, imagine innovation. And it's funny, Felicia, you got to grasp on the idea quickly because I had to hurry and get the trademark because I said, what? Wait, is it? Wait, this is too easy. I know it's invented already. I mean, I know it's something out there. It's too simple right. and easy right. to overlook. Mm-hmm. But in my research, it wasn't there. It wasn't. However, the topic of Black innovation been buzzing around the Capitol these past couple months, and I didn't even know. Wow. Because there's an alliance called the Black Innovation Alliance that are making some waves and some wavelength at the, the Biden administration of, of making sure that mm-hmm. the new companies that are Black-owned are getting a fair shake of the resources. Right. So exactly. in the magazine, you'll see an article on that. Mm-hmm. It was a piggyback article of what's happening up at Capitol Hill. I did not know about it, but i tell you one thing. When you grasp on an idea and a concept, the, the perception of everything around you start to open up, almost like when you get that car and all of a sudden you see everybody driving your car. But wait, that car been in the whole time, but now right. you're focused on what right. you got right now. So mm-hmm. now you're seeing your car everywhere, whereas mm-hmm. it was there the whole time. Wow. It just needed you to tap into it. Got to tap into it. Yes, yes. And it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, magazine. Um, so you really didn't answer, or you may have, it might have went past me, but why did you think it was needed to do this uh, now at this particular time? Even though you I, said I, that, I thought, you know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, go I, ahead. I, I should have finished that quick. I thought it was needed because I, once again, I stepped out of my own. Even mm-hmm. though I wanted my story to get published and it hasn't been published, like I wanted it to be published at these different outlets and publications that never got back to me. Yeah, we could go ahead and cry over that. But I said to myself, well, we're all the people. I had to become the Professor X, like on X-Men that was looking yes. for the mutants. Where yes. are the black innovators? Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about what, what I see right now. And then if you dig for it, and I tell you, here's the secret. When you're searching and when you're seeking, you shall find. I found innovators that got their own sneakers, innovators that have their own water, innovators that had their own um, watch lines and uh, mm-hmm. so many. And if I wasn't searching for you. Mm-hmm. So now, wait, so now I got to dig, and I had to dig deep to search for these people. I'm sure. I, so that's why I was saying, well, what if I could put them in the forefront? What if I can showcase them to the world? That they, oh, I did not know that. Like I even found, and this is coming up in the next issue, that there's a, um, 
a, a black owned diaper line. All we know is Huggies and and, and um and pampers. And pampers. Right? Yeah. There's, exactly. There's, there's, a, there's another type of um pamper company that's get out of here. Yes. I um, don't know. I, I forgot the name offhand, but I, I sent it to you after. But yeah, okay. you start to start finding stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you find the people. And I'm like, well, look how far I had to go to find them. Mm-hmm. I had to dig underneath rubber and I mean rubbish. I had to go through all the loops and bounds. And it, only because I cared that I was able to find. Most people are not aware to care. So it's all about awareness, all about putting yourself out there. And I didn't see any space in that magazine era because I did not want to do it at first. If I found one to actually harness the same thing I was doing, I'd have been just pitching to them and just say, go. But sometimes you got to take the burden. You got to be that sacrifice to bring that thing to the forefront. First, I was trying to find a way to get me out of it. I didn't want to do it at first because the thing about it, a lot of times it's like you want to say, well, are you ready to do it? Right. You want to make sure that. there will be an audience for it or a purpose for it. So I wanted to define what is out there that can supersede this so I won't start it. So that's the first thing I thought about. So when I couldn't find anything (laughs) to supersede it, I was saying, well, you know, this is my burden to carry. Um, I don't know what to do, but Lord, show me how to do it. And he put the layout in my head. So I knew all the layout, knew all the the topics of the different articles. I knew what I could pitch to... um, my girlfriend, because I, I turned her to the editor-in-chief because I'm like, look, you're doing this thing. I got to get you that position. You, um, I can format everything. I can see everything. I just got to find an advertisement. So everything started to play out, and I gave myself a date of August 1st. Now, normally, you don't do that type of stuff. I don't encourage people to go here and jump too fast like that. But for some reason, when the idea was hot and the emotion was strong, I took advantage of that, that highness that I had that I said, I'm going to meet that deadline. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Oh, they, anything that could go wrong went wrong, but you would never know. Why? Because you got to make it seamless. That right. almost says like exactly. it's like a swan on a lake, and you see how they gliding across the lake, but you don't see how them legs is turning underneath that water. So, any and everything that you could think could go wrong went wrong. But the great thing is that I got the lessons, I got the knowledge, I got the understanding. So now the second issue that's coming out in November is going to be more faster as far as getting things together because you have to go through the red tape. So I'm so excited that I met met my deadline. I always tell people about the seven steps to goal setting. And the last step is marking a date. When you don't have a date, you have nothing more than a wish. And wishes don't come true. This is not Disney World. All right? And the wish upon the star. There's no star to wish upon because I couldn't find one. And if you do find one, let me know. But until then, you got to mark that date. So I was so excited that I had the date and everything worked out the way it did. And uh, for somebody right. that knows anything in that space, I'm, I'm excited for the results. So, Steve, that's great. Thank you for explaining all of that, because a lot of times people have these ideas or they start magazines or they write books and they really don't have the story behind it. So thank you for sharing that with us. So um, before we start wrapping up, if someone was thinking about getting into entrepreneurship, what are three tips that you would give them real quickly and why? First, you want to define uh, what you want to do. And then you want to list why. And then from there, oh, I might as well just go into my seven steps to goal setting. And this is this could be either to goal setting or this could even be to just dream setting. 
because you got to set that dream into perspective of your passion. So first thing, listen, what you want? Speak that out, write it out. Remember, everything you say at your mouth is a command. Second thing, list why you want it. You got to put the why. Without the why, you will fizzle out when the first adversity comes in your life. So you got to have your why. Um, and then the third thing, you, you want to know um, the fact of what is the obstacles that you want to come across. Most people don't list out their op- obstacles ahead of time. They wait till something happens and then they want to quit. No, you list them out so you know exactly when you're on the right track. When I list out my obstacles and my adversity ahead of time, I know, okay, I'm going to hit this hurdle. I'm on the right track. The fourth thing, you want to list um, the people and places you want to connect with. A lot of times when you put yourself in different rooms and environments, you start to really unpack and things that you already had within you that you did not know until you had to get into a different environment. Right. So you got to make sure that mindset is clear from different people, right? And the fifth thing, you got to understand exactly um, what, what is the opportunities of things that you can write down. Or what you need to know. So you got the, the you got the people that you need to connect with. You got the places you need to go. Now you got to write down in detail what you need to know to get there. The sixth thing you got to create the action plan. Most people want to really do everything and anything without an action plan. I always talk about the story about the processionary caterpillars. You know, don't mistake movement from accomplishment. A lot of times, me people are moving, but they're not accomplishing anything. So you right. got to have the action plan. When you have the action plan, you know, once again, you know exactly when you're on the right track. You know exactly what's the next step. You know exactly when that dateline or that deadline is approaching. And that's the seventh thing, the seventh step. That that line, that that, that time frame. Mm-hmm. So if you don't understand the time frame, then everything that we try to talk about doing and adjusting, that will never come true, no matter how much you wish it would. So, and when you, when you apply all those different tools and tactics together, you will unpack what's already inside you. Nobody can take that from you, but you have to find ways to activate it. I love it. Steve, I want to say congratulations on everything that you're doing. I love seeing you and your business grow. You know, we as small business owners, we need to support one another. That is so important. So I want to thank you for being on today, Steve. Let everyone know how they can get in contact with the marvelous Steve, <laughs> the legacy. <laughs> Once again, thank you for this opportunity. You can contact me at stevelegacy.com or .co, which one that was um, fits your fancy. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and I'm on the TikTok thing. Still trying to figure this thing out, but... <laughs> Um, (laughs) thank you so much you're welcome steve so everyone thank you for joining us today if you would like to sponsor a show or know about sponsorship opportunities sponsor ads for your business and so on please reach out to us at unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com that's unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com if you would like to ask questions to be included in our next show please send also to unapologeticallyme50 at gmail.com. Have a wonderful rest of your August. I will talk to you next month with another fabulous guest. Take care and stay well. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Me with Felicia Schenken. New shows come out every month, so keep checking back for our new content on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again very soon. Mm -hmm.